welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, that's all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the self-titled debut album from Wet Leg, and if you've only barely just heard of Wet Leg, it's probably because of their viral hit, Shays Long. Out of nowhere they had a few singles that were that got a lot of attention they were at south by southwest this year and they had the most hype of any band i've seen in all of our years there we had to go see we tried to see them three times and the first two times the venues were at capacity and there was like a line so we had to come back we eventually saw them in the convention center ballroom which those shows are usually have maybe a hundred people in them and it was like it was very crowded. People were very excited about Wet Leg. Yeah, we're coming in in a very, I don't know, futuristic kind of hype cycle where on the strength of a couple of singles that blew up, the band has already gone through kind of a hype and then a little bit of a backlash to the hype. And now we're kind of in the backlash to the backlash because the album comes out. It was like, this is a good album. And I think the sing- the non-singles are the best parts of the record. Yeah, I I think they very much went with catchy Mm because this song is hyper simplistic. Mm -hmm. Like so many of the sections of the song are just the bass playing one note or maybe two notes. There's significant sections where it's just drums. And that creates this weird kind of trance where then when we get this few seconds of just this guitar melody high up, and the bass gets kind of free to do some subtle things underneath that, again, good headphones. You'll hear that bass doing a little bit more excitement when the guitar is sort of pulling in your direction. It's a little bit of a magic trick. Yeah, so this band came from Isle of Wight. It's these two 20-something friends who met in college. And they had been in other bands before. It's Rianne Teasdale and Hester Chambers. And they had been in other bands. Rianne was trying to do a solo project where she was playing keyboards and she describes it herself as kind of folky and sad and introspective. And she was getting lonely playing some festival sets that she had been booked on. And so she convinced Hester to come play with her and they just had such a good time. And they started writing these very sketched out songs just to fill out their festival sets. And then they started writing some more. But they still, I mean, when you see them interviewed, they still seem very surprised at how much they've blown up. They say over and over again, we were just doing this to have fun. And this is such the opposite of pretentious music that, hey, we're just going to throw an extended Mean Girls reference 
and the most kind of deadpan horniness of just you should be horizontal now and it's so charming and a, a fresh voice and a just fresh sound that from these this band it's really delightful yeah a lot of these songs are very silly and i think that's what people need right now yeah, and so we go from this super monotone deadpan into I think a much more melodic non-single. Or was this? No, this it, wasn't. It, it, was, it is one of the singles. You're right. My bad. Uh, they put out a lot of singles. There were like six singles, I think, from this album. So anyway, the next song is called Angelica. Angelica. hearing an exploration of I think a, a theme through the album of being in your mid-20s and kind of aimless and stuck in this pattern of like you're supposed to have a good time all the time mm-hmm. and you know channeling Spinal Tap a little there but that that doesn't really pan out and you feel all trapped in this world and I love how this song builds that where each chorus is good times all the time but then they keep increasing in length, like just repeating like Sumatra, like we're having a good time, right? We're having a good time, right? Mm-hmm. And this is another really simple guitar line. But there's a lot more kind of depth in the instrumentation. And I think it's worth noting that part of the skepticism around this band is that they've gotten so much serious backing like they signed to domino records very quickly and this record is produced by dan carey who's pretty well known and has produced like the fontaine's dc and that recent squid record and all geese and all goat girl and all these kind of like hype like recently hyped british bands and so he really i think he does a great job it's very clean production it's almost a little bit too clean but he really fleshes out the i think he helps them flesh out these songs in a way that makes them more interesting. Yeah. And they've obviously gotten a great backing band. I really want to call out, I think the bass and drums are uh, Michael champion on bass and Henry Holmes on drums for this album. They have different uh, members for their touring band, but they really create such an urgency and the drumming is especially just very muscular and really elevates a lot of these songs. So the next song we'll play is called wet dream. No one else around you touching yourself, touching yourself. 
I always like a song with hand claps in it. And this is just such a catchy song. And the video is very weird and funny. They did a couple of these videos where they're out in a field and they're wearing these kind of like Amish dresses. And in this one, they're wearing lobster claws and they freak out when they're at a dinner table and people are eating lobster and then they throw the table over. It's just very silly and it goes so well with the song. Yeah, it is very smart of them to realize, okay, this chorus is such a banger. We're just going to start with that, pull you right in. And I think this was the first song that earwormed its way into my head. And it is, I think, was the second single. And it was so great that to have that pairing of one song of sort of casually like, oh, I really want to get with someone. And this is very clearly a like, yeah, you need to leave now. You're being super annoying. And this guy, clearly, I just, it's so succinct of the like the sort of guy who thinks it's like oh it's going to impress the ladies that i have this weird movie on dvd and it's like yeah it's weird but it's also terrible yeah there are a lot of takedowns of the type of men that these women probably run into living in like i think they moved to london later or lived in london for a while but you know there was another line from one of the songs is i I don't want to follow you on the gram i don't want to listen to your band yeah it's really yeah it sums up their cutting wit and that they can deliver yeah musicality and humor and cleverness and there but there is also real emotion here like you get the sense of frustration and anger it's just like ah, oh, this again and yet with a you know an eye roll with a smile which is pretty fantastic to pull off as yeah. I was going to say, I think these are songs that you don't, I've been, I think there's been a lot of analysis. Like I read this very long NPR discussion of three music critics analyzing all of their references and what these songs harken back to. Like in this one, the her voice really reminds me of Lena Lovitch. And you can pick out all of these new wave references. But at the end of the day, these are songs that you shouldn't think about too much. They're just fun to listen to. Yeah. And I think they pull out such great tricks here that every song we've played has this great interplay between the two vocalists. And so you get this kind of call and response and where oftentimes, yeah, I think you Rian Teasdale taking the lead and then Hester Chambers will kind of respond or kind of doing these snarky vocals that kind of, I think she was doing the what, bouncing from ear to ear. Mm-hmm. And Angelica, she was trying to embody the character of like uh, this over it party girl. And that it's such a great interplay alongside also it's like crazy video game 8-bit bloops that I don't hear enough. Uh, and that is interplay of all those sounds is great but then it is also good that hester chambers does take the lead vocal on at least one or two tracks and so the next track we'll play is one of those it's called convincing sound where Hester Chambers having this really kind of a little bit clipped 
Chanteuse vibe and then letting go into these girl group choruses. It's such a delightful sing-along about fooling herself into a bad situation. Well, and it demonstrates the range that they're able to Demonst- demonstrate strange they're able to demonstrate on this album uh-huh. hearing Shay's Long which drove me crazy because why are they pronouncing Shay's Lounge wrong and then I've heard other people pronounce it that way I think maybe it's a European thing because the French would be Chaise Long but whatever but hearing that and like some of the other singles that are much more of Rianne's talk singy deadpan voice and just hearing this more pretty singing voice which Rianne does on some of the other songs as well you get more than I got more than I was expecting. Yeah, it's I think a, a very good flow, and it just really moves along. It's got such a great mid tempo vibe. I think a lot of these songs are extremely high energy, and I like it when they pull back a little bit. And this is just a fun little track, and I think it was nice as we kind of get into the middle of this fairly long album with what 12 tracks well yeah but it's only like 40 minutes yeah they they do not these songs do not outstay their welcome most of them are under three minutes Mm -hmm. and they i think go from this you know i think fairly earnest if sort of if self-aware track back into the pretty funny (laughs) self-aware on the next track called your mom when i think about you devastating breakup song and it's at the same time so fun and catchy and there's a part of the song that we didn't play where she just does a long scream and she said that she had been in and out of this relationship when she started when she was like 20 and they were together for six or seven years and she kept coming back and so finally just decided to move out and move to london and with some friends and they kept hearing people screaming at the same time every week and it turned out there was a group doing scream therapy downstairs and so she thought that would be fun to incorporate into the song yeah the energy here it really is throughout the entire album is that sense of release and i think that they've talked about in interviews of like that you know Rian teasdale had felt like she was living for someone else and that finally was able to claim agency and live for herself and like actually try what does she want and then pursue that and that sense of freedom delivered here with just that I feel sorry for your mom. <laughs> just brutal. Yeah, the songs remind me so much of when my best friend and I were in high school and we would write these songs just for our own entertainment. And they were things about the Denny's bottomless mug of coffee and people that we knew. 
And it was, we were just entertaining each other. And I feel like these songs have such a spirit of them just writing for each other to entertain each other and write about, in, write in a way that they think is fun and funny. And I love that. Yeah, the the joy here is, you know, so totally infectious. And I think they really are able to go for it with just all sorts of silliness and i think the next track is maybe one of the silliest maybe the silliest on the record it's called oh no guitar on this record and I feel like there are some moments where they really let loose and this has just some really great guitar rocking out which you know honestly as as guitar rock becomes less popular in the music universe overall it's just so great to see to hear something like that yeah and it's pretty remarkable I think they've talked about how they were both relatively late to the guitar and Clearly, they picked it up, although I noticed they tour with another guitarist mm-hmm. to take a little bit of the load. But clearly, they have the chops, at least in the studio, and it's really delightful here. There's such a great energy, even as the song is this ridiculous sing-songy uh, spiral of doom of just like, I could go to sleep or I could look at social media some more. Yeah, the video for this is just a rapid like flash of what is clearly YouTube comments on the video for Chase Long, Long, and it's all, like, some positive, some super critical. I was, like, pausing just to... Yeah, those commenters didn't know they were uh, signing up to be in the next video. But it's so relatable, this just just doom scrolling and, like, going home from a party and then just sitting there and staring at your phone for hours. Yeah, but the way she talks about that party, it sounds like this is almost more appealing. Yeah. So the next song we'll play is called Piece of Shit.
love the track sequencing here because Oh No is so much about staying up till three or four or five in the morning looking at your computer or your phone. And then this is a song that starts with Oh No, I Slept In and Missed Our Plans. And you almost think that the title refers to the singer until you realize, Oh No, this is another brutal takedown. Yeah, there's no better revenge than writing a viral hit record about someone terrible that you used to date. Yeah, and that it's still sung, though, with some of the prettiest kind of twee vocal stylings, even as the lyrics are vulgar and angry and wonderful. Yeah, her that close mic'd vocal style reminds me of Angel Olsen, and it's just such a she has such a pretty voice, and the way she does some of the lines with up at the end of the like raises her voice at the end of the line it just it really it has a great character yeah the sweetness is so balances out the acid of lines like all right you're a good guy whatever helps you sleep at night (laughs) and we imagine no pete does not sleep well at night with his album out in the world so the next track we'll play is one of my favorite and probably the silliest songs on the record and it's called supermarket So charming that it starts with this kind of wordless chorus sing along backing things up and it's the sound of community and then the song itself is such a pandemic record about being kind of stuck and the only place you can go is the supermarket or the other thing you could do is stay home and get super super high so it's very much the like different flavors of pandemic that people have experienced yeah these are songs that you just can't overthink them. They're just fun. They're catchy earworms. A lot of the structures are pretty simple. It's just a fun, light record that you can sing along to. And I don't mean that as a diss. I think it's it's what very well constructed. And I keep listening to it over and over again. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think some of the records we do on this show, I think, I don't know. And then I really, I warm to them and realize there's depth there. And this was a record where, yeah, these singles were super catchy and then the other songs also really good a little bit of more variety than we expected and but then i kept listening and it didn't wear out its welcome like i'm just like this album is still great i i'm kind of gonna miss moving on to the next record and i think this is one i could come back to because it's it is the songs are so succinct they know the power of repetition. Like if you've got a clever line, repeat it. It'll have more impact here. Just high, high, high. Like I think half of the song is just saying I got too high and 
yet it works because there's this energy and it builds and there's a sense of like, yeah, we're doing the best we can here. <laughs> and that, yeah, they're what, in their late 20s and just like, we finally got this band. We're still figuring stuff out. We're not claiming any great wisdom. We're just humans like everyone else. And a lot of these songs, including the last one that we'll play as we go out, are more serious in tone. And you can see them. And Too Late Now is one of my favorite tracks on this album. And you can see them moving into a more, I don't know, sophisticated palette on their next record or like mixing some in. Like it's not, I I feel like they have an ability beyond just viral hits. Yeah, there's... uh... I think this is very much a statement of like, yeah, we can put out a stuffed album. Like these are 12 tracks. And usually if I see 12 tracks on album, I'm like, okay, there should be a few throwaways. We had a really hard time narrowing this down to what nine tracks to talk mm-hmm. about. And I had things to say about those other songs we didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. And I look forward to listening to them. So yeah, I, I think, you know, unfortunately I think we've already missed the window to see these women in a small venue yeah, I think what they played at the rickshaw stop a few couple months back and we missed yeah. that and now I'm really bummed about that because I'm sure they're going to be playing huge venues from from for a while now at least. Well, we'll see. I mean, it, this is the weird hype cycle is they may get really popular and then I think one of my questions about this record is will it stick with me and will it really kind of stand up to repeated listens over time and not just right now when everybody is excited about it but it'll be interesting to see what they do from here yeah and i think because they kind of became a band so quickly and only started touring late because there was a pandemic and so you do get the sense that they're still kind of figuring out how to be that kind of performer like yeah we are musicians we can put together an album, mm. but you know, the stage presence is still super deadpan. They are still kind of figuring out like, do we have moves? I don't know. So it is really fun. There's I mean, plenty of videos they've been doing the rounds of the different late night shows and seeing them like, what if we both spin? Oh, that's cool. And then we'll just do that over and over again. And at a certain point, like, okay, they're still figuring out, but it's, it's really adorable. Yeah. They said that they had only played three or four gigs before lockdown. And that one of them was like, just their parents (laughs) um so they they are figuring it out and even when we saw them at south by they seemed very surprised that so many people were there to see them and just a little bit shy and kind of they just kind of were like okay we're gonna come up here and play our songs but they were very stiff yeah but i think that they don't take themselves too seriously you do get that sense of like they're old enough to hopefully not make really dumb mistakes as rock stars and they are focusing on you know the have a good time all the time was kind of a joke but also not like that they're they're in it to have fun and that's what's come through and why this record is so listenable yeah i think that is what is ultimately winning me over about it is that you can tell that they wrote it to like for each other to entertain each other and that is the spirit that comes through for sure so we've been discussing the debut self-titled album from wet leg And we're going to go out on the last track, which is called Too Late Now. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.
change my mind again. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.